1: Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order, additional term supply.
0: Championing the core conservative principles of limited government, individual liberty, free enterprise, and traditional values. This is the John Whitmer Show on 98.7 and 1330
1: KNSS. Carry on my son. There'll be peace when you are done. Lay
0: your weary to rest Don't you cry no
2: more Good evening fellow Neanderthals. Welcome to the John Whitmer Show Sponsored by Wink Hartman and the Hartman Group of Companies We are thrilled to have you with us tonight Here at your local liberal resistance headquarters Where we proudly champion the core conservative principles of limited government Individual liberty, free enterprise, and traditional values. Thrilled to have you with us tonight. If you'd like to call in, our studio lines are open. You can reach us at 316 869 1330 by email. You can email me at john at knssradio.com on Facebook and Truth Social at the John Whitmer Show and on Twitter at John R. Whitmer. Just reach out. I love to hear from you. We love hearing from you. We are going to take time tonight, hopefully, uh, and, and uh, get, get to your calls. Usually we take them at 745 and 845. We'll do our best to, uh, to get to your calls this evening. We have a great show in store for you tonight. We'll talk about the importance of voting yes on the value them both amendment, which you're going to see on your primary ballot coming up here in August with former Trump White House Director of Strategic Communications Mercedes Schlapp We have another White House official, former Reagan White House official, Daniel Oliver, will join us to reflect on his time serving with the 40th president. And he's going to contrast that with the uh, disastrous administration that we're dealing with today. Attorney General Derek Schmidt will be with us to explain this week's Kansas Supreme Court ruling on the congressional redistricting maps and how that decision may impact the November election. And we're starting tonight our uh since the deadline is looming for the filing for this fall's elections, we're gonna begin our twenty twenty-two candidate profiles by featuring Jamie Blueball, who's running in the Republican primary for the District one oh one Kansas House seat, currently held by Republican Joe Seiwert. So we've got a packed house. It's gonna be a good show, loaded up, and of course we'll take your calls at three one six eight six nine. Thirteen thirty. Also want to remind you about the event coming up next month, the Value Them Both Week of Action with Matt and Mercedes Schlapp. This is a great opportunity for you to learn about the Value Them Both Amendment and how you can get involved in the uh, the latest grassroots mobilization effort in Kansas history. This is a huge event. It's being held at Central Christian Church on Monday, June 6th from 7 to 830 Check-in begins at 6 o'clock. You can find more information and a link to get tickets on the John Whitmer Show Facebook page. Just uh, click there and go to valuethemboth.com forward slash events. Find out everything you need to know there. So, And, of course, we'll have Mercedes on here coming up in a little while, and we can talk to her about it. So it's going to be a great show. Um, Tell me, I don't know if, you, uh, if you've noticed it it, it. it may just be me. But uh I don't know if you've noticed that society today is frankly obsessed with the alphabet crowd, with the LGBTQ plus crowd and, and identity politics. And 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 I'm gonna preface this by saying, I don't care if you're you know what your lifestyle choice is, what your gender identity choice is, you choose to be a cucumber as far as I'm concerned. I don't care. You want to identify as a squash, knock yourself out. But it seems to me like every third character on every show that we see these days is either gay or transgender. I mean, even Gonzo on Muppet Babies is now dressing in drag. And why? It's it just, is that necessary? And if they're to be believed, some polls now have documented an exponential increase in those who claim LGBTQ status. And I know it's trendy to be queer, but seriously, I mean these polls—if they're accurate—it well, it's just it's hard to believe they're accurate. These numbers are unreal. According to a recent Gallup poll, the number of Americans who identify as LGBTQ seems to be doubling over time. In 1946, for example, that number was less than one percent. Granted, maybe that's because folks were afraid to come out; they were shy. In 1960 the number had risen to 2.6%, which is no surprise that was the, you know, summer free love after all. By 1980, the number had risen to 4.2%, 10 and a half percent by the year 2000, and here in today's generation, the millennials who are part of gen Z, 20.8% identify as LGBTQ. Which, again, is fine. You want to identify as LGBTQ, I don't care. But at this rate, if these numbers are accurate, mathematically speaking, we will all be gay by the year 2054 because that's the exponential rate. Everybody will be gay if these numbers are accurate, which means these numbers are bogus, which means this is trendy, It's in vogue. It's not real. And look, I'm all for someone living their life in the manner they see fit, but 21% of kids born in the last 20 years, unless someone's been putting something rainbow-colored in the water, these figures are not accurate. It wasn't that long ago when adults asked children what they wanted to be when they grew up, they weren't referring to a kid's gender. This is the point. Popular culture is selling this lifestyle choice to our kids. Fitcher Price just rolled out. They want your kid to be a drag queen. The national toy maker just introduced a collection of dolls that promotes cross dressing and the drag queen lifestyle. No wonder 20% of kids think they want to be LGBTQ. And again, don't get me wrong, I get it. Kids have phases. Kids are fluid about everything. If they knew at age eight what they wanted to be, they'd be, you know, the world would be filled with cowboys and princesses. But they, they certainly don't need to have drag queen dolls. They don't need a perverse counterculture confusing them. That's the problem. Take the teacher who teaches her third graders they can be xenogender.
3: For example,
0: cake gender. Um, I know a few people who personally use this. Um, it's typically described as them feeling light and fluffy or <laughs> sweet and warm. And Sorry. it's not something that you could typically describe with the terms masculine, feminine, androgynous, etc. Another example of cake gender would be if someone feels like they have different layers or <laughs> flavors to their particular gender.
2: That's right. Cake gender is part of Xenogender. It's a new hysteria and is defined as a non-binary gender identity that, quote, cannot be contained by human understandings of gender. So if you feel light and fluffy or, I don't know, covered with sprinkles, you call yourself a cake. I mean, I feel like a Fox News host making a half a million dollars an episode, but it ain't happening yet. I mean, seriously. Texas middle schoolers were recently encouraged to protest, dress up in rainbow colors, share and wear their pronouns as part of Queer Week. This is the, and we wonder why kids, 20%, think they're LGBTQ. I mean, this is where we're at, folks. This is what I mean. Even here in Wichita, the school district here in Wichita have spent time focusing on promoting LGBTQ inclusivity. While their college and career readiness scores have continually declined for decades, we need to focus. And I don't think we need to be teaching third graders the difference between the cowboy position and the missionary position. I mean, I just don't think that's where we need to be focused. This is not about a particular lifestyle, this is not about being inclusive or not inclusive. It's simply about the greater issue of whether sexuality and teaching of it belongs in the classroom or in the home. I want schools to be inclusive. I want them to be a safe space for learning. But the key word in that entire sentence should be learning. It's time Hollywood got back to making movies. Athletes got back to scoring goals. And schools got back to educating kids and that the left left parenting to the parents. We'll be taking your calls at 745. In the meantime, coming up after the break, former Reagan White House official Daniel Oliver will join us to reflect on his time serving with Ronald Reagan. You're listening to The John Whitmer Show on 98.7 and 1330 KNSS, Wichita's number one talk.
1: for a Chevy? We've got 25 of them.
0: How about a Toyota? Choose from 20 in our inventory. In all, you can select from nearly
1: 250 quality pre-owned vehicles. Want a Jeep? We have a dozen available. Choose from Dodges, Rams, GMCs, Kias, Nissans, and more. Rusty Eck Ford has them all. Car, trucks, and SUVs. We should be your first, but we'll definitely
2: be your last stop for your next pre-owned vehicle. And at Rusty Eck Ford, you can get used car financing as low as two point nine percent APR, or buy with zero down. Choosing your
1: next premium vehicle comes down to one thing: selection, selection, selection. Rusty Eck Ford. If you don't come see us today, we can't save you any money. RustyEckford.com. Offers with approved credit, plus taxes. fees not all qualify. Limited term financing. Offers cannot be combined with expired monthly. Inventory as of May fifth.
2: Hi, this is John Whitmer, host of The John Whitmer Show. Join us this Sunday evening at 7 when we'll talk about the importance of voting yes on the value Them both amendment with former Trump White House Director of Strategic Communications Mercedes Schlapp. Former Reagan White House official Daniel Oliver will join us to reflect on his time serving with the 40th president and contrast that administration with what we're seeing today. Attorney General Derek Schmidt will be with us to explain this week's Kansas Supreme Court ruling on the congressional redistricting maps and how the decision may impact the November election. And with the filing deadline looming, we'll begin our 2022 candidate profiles by featuring Jamie Blueball, who's running in the Republican primary for the District 101 House seat, currently held by Representative Joe Sywert. And, of course, we'll be taking your calls. That's all coming up this Sunday evening at 7 on 98.7 and 1330 KNSS, Wichita's number one talk. Look at the economy today. Gas prices are higher today than they were a few weeks ago.
3: We wouldn't be here if the oil companies would make the American consumers' price cheaper. The reason we're here is because the FDA took a step. Babies crying, babies hungry. There were babies who died from taking this formula, so they were doing their jobs.
0: The events shaping our world. This inflation is real. It's harming people. It should not be hard, this hard for Americans to feed their families.
3: This is a major exploitation of the consumer. 98.7 and
0: 1330 KNSS.
3: I want to know what you're thinking I'm listening to the radio
2: And I don't understand the American people We're lied to, we're abused
3: You must do what we tell you to do It's lies And I think a lot of people feel that way I want to know Let me tell you something Something that people are missing right now Tell me what's on your mind I want to hear what people are thinking What are we doing about this insanity? 98.7
0: and 1330 KNSS Your phone call is welcome at 869-1330. This is The John Whitmer Show on 98.7 and 1330 KNSS.
2: back to the john whitmer show on 98 7 and thirteen thirty knss wichita's number one talk you can also listen to us by downloading the odyssey app or by telling your smart speaker to play knss radio and make sure you like and share the john whitmer show on facebook and true social and of course follow me on twitter at john r whitmer those are the best ways to stay informed on all the latest show updates Little Beatles, Hard Day's Night. Of course, over the past year, we've had a lot of hard days nights, (laughs) especially thanks to Joe Biden. So over the past year, Joe Biden has been blaming, oh, let's see, Putin's war, the COVID-19 pandemic, Republicans, greedy corporations, the lack of computer chips, the Federal Reserve, climate change, pretty much everything for food shortages and inflation, the one thing he hasn't done is accept any personal responsibility for it himself. Joining us now to analyze who's really responsible for the current crisis in America is Daniel Oliver. He is a former Reagan White House official and former executive editor of the National Review and author of the new book, Everyday Epiphanies. Daniel, thank you for joining us this evening. It's a pleasure to have you. Anyone from the Reagan administration on the show, uh, as I mentioned to you before you came on the air, he's got a, the, the, a fond place in my heart. Thanks for joining us, sir.
4: My, my pleasure. Reagan has a fond place in my heart, too.
2: So uh, I don't, I don't there's know. If something,
4: you... There's something to remember about Reagan, which was that people tend to forget. And it's, it's worth remembering now. Um, is that Reagan uh, ran California. He was the governor of California oh, yeah. for eight years, and that's a lot of executive experience. And we know from history, basically, that governors make better uh, presidents and senators, because senators the, the run an office full of you know maybe 12 people or 25 people. <laughs> yeah. And Reagan ran in California for eight years, and that made a tremendous difference. He knew how to manage a big operation.
2: Yeah, case in point, we've got a senator in the White House now. So I, a career politician is not necessarily uh, boding well for the current occupant. Um, I, I don't know if you, you heard what he said earlier this week. The president said, "I you know, I'm doing everything in my power to bring down energy prices. And then he proceeded to cancel a bunch of oil and gas leases in Alaska and the Gulf of Mexico.
4: It sure doesn't
2: seem to me like his actions are matching his rhetoric, are they?
4: It boggles the mind. I mean, one has to wonder really whether he knows what he's saying and and there's every indication that he may not. He seems very confused. And to uh, to say things like that is absurd, of course. One also wonders who is feeding him the material because yeah. there must be somebody there who understands the disconnect between what they're doing and what they have him saying. And uh, it's really quite startling that they would do that uh, when everything else is turning sour as well. When they have a wretched war going on and inflation going through the roof, they they say silly things like that, and uh, people are just scratching their heads and wondering who who, if anybody, is in charge.
2: Well, that is the question: is is who is in charge? I mean, you served in a in administration; you were intricately involved do you have any idea i mean this this whole administration it does seem to me in many ways that the president is just sort of wheeled out there to read off of a teleprompter but i can't imagine joe biden's actually running things
4: no and you know he 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 obviously is not they keep him in a very tight leash uh they don't let him wander around and say things but you know i uh I remember attending a, a cabinet meeting with Reagan once and uh uh I began a a sort of a almost a make work assignment, just sort of clean up stuff that has to be done. There's a lot of junk work that nobody nobody reads about, nobody cares about, nobody has an interest in, but it has to be done because that's the way you run a, a big operation. And I uh so I was given this minor task. And I was told to hang on to the notebook because people would try to slip some things in there that the president might not want to see. So we went into the cabinet meeting, and sure enough, I got the briefing book, and somebody had slipped something into it. (laughs) I didn't know what to do. I didn't know what you did in that circumstance. Reagan opened the index to the briefing book, ran his thumb down it, and – looked at the offending material and said, what's this doing here? That doesn't belong here. Take it out. I don't want to talk about that. That's not part of this deal. Right away, he read the table of contents. He understood that somebody was trying to pull a fast one on the meeting, slip something in that nobody had really wanted there, that didn't belong there, <clears throat> hoping to get it passed. And, uh, and then he went back to having his jelly beans. And I thought to myself, you know, in about – about 35 seconds, he earned his day's keep by focusing the meeting on what was important because he really knew. And that was, you know, that was in the middle of the game. He understood it right then. I don't think Biden could do that.
2: No, no, I, I'm I'm not sure Joe Biden is, is where <laughs> what he's doing and where he is at any given moment. You uh, you also served as general counsel at the Department of Education during the early uh, White House years, 81 to 83 under President Reagan i 'm curious to hear what you think of the current push by many school districts across the country to push you know critical race theory, gender identity theory, that kind of stuff in the classroom
4: i I think it 's terrible, and I think that I mean, I, that 's that's one thing that 's bad The other thing that's bad about education is that this administration is wholly against uh, charter schools, basically any way for um, the nation 's school children to escape from the public school especially blacks can't get off the public school plantation. So um, they're simply not getting educated. Their illiteracy is astounding. And every time somebody tries to slaughter a charter schools, the Fed step on them. They're against privatized schooling because they're in hoc to the teachers' unions. And critical race theory is obviously a part of the problem. But the real problem is, and the root of the problem is that is that people can't start charter schools so they can't get away from the public school system, which is managed by the teachers' unions and the Democratic Party, who basically are the same people.
2: Uh, Along those same lines, Daniel, you you graduated. You're a graduate of uh, Harvard Business School. I'm curious what you think of the way many colleges and universities are being corrupted by Well, for lack of a better term, today's woke ideologues, you know, I mean, Harvard, Yale in particular, you know, they're they're shouting down conservative speakers, tearing down statues. There's a push this week to rename George Washington University because George Washington (laughs) is a racist.
4: (laughs) I know it's unbelievable. Um, It really is extraordinary how you you can't make this stuff up and you think to yourself, these people are so crazy. That one of these days the public is just going to say, you know, this stuff is just beyond belief. But it may also be that a lot of people simply um, turn, you know, tuned out. They don't want to deal with people as crazy as this. I don't think the American people are anywhere near uh, uh, the uh, Biden administration folks, and uh, and so. I, they don't know what to do, but I think they don't like it. I, I think that'll show up in the polls.
2: I think you're right. I, I think it's going to be a rude awakening when the red tsunami hits come this fall. We're, we're talking with former Reagan White House official Daniel Oliver. In addition to everything else uh, on your resume, uh, Daniel, you're you're an expert on the Soviet Union and NATO. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I feel my my meager resume pales by comparison. <laughs> care to uh care to give us kind of your take your insights into what's going on in ukraine right now with putin
4: well i mean he's a nasty piece of work and and it shows um uh he's basically a communist he's a thug uh and he's a you know, and he's in a, he's on the brink of starting World War Three if he hasn't already. This is sort of World War Three. We hope it doesn't go nuclear. On the other hand, the, the America really doesn't have an awful lot of business uh, fighting war in Ukraine. That really isn't our fight. Um, and uh, and. Uh, it seems to me we shouldn't be there. We should we just spend $50 billion. We should be spending $50 billion on Americans on, on our border, keeping our border safe, worrying about the people who have uh, drug problems, uh, even getting some baby formula for the mothers who can't find baby formula in this country. And, and uh, this is Putin's war, if you like, but um, Biden is turning it into, into his war as well. And Henry Kissinger said the other day, you probably saw it. That there is some chance that you could go nuclear. What does that mean? It probably means tactical nuclear weapons. But, gee, guys, that really isn't in America's interest, and I don't think we should be there.
2: Why is it when I heard that phone ring, I felt like it was the it was the red phone? I just just talking with you, I just had the sneaking suspicion.
4: <laughs> oh, it's the president calling from the it was, from the pulley ga- gates.
2: <laughs> it was the Kremlin or something. Uh, let me let me ask. Sorry about you. that. No, no, it's quite all right. I just it really felt like it was the Kremlin on the red line. Um, let, let me let me ask you this, Daniel. You know, there's so many people who don't have these opportunities to talk to someone who served. In a position like yours, especially with people, you know, look back and they think of Ronald Reagan, it was such nostalgia. Can you share with us, uh, you know, memories or reflections about serving with people? I mean, I, I look at Ronnie and I think that he was probably one of the greatest presidents of our lifetime, certainly in the modern presidents. Can you share with us a reflection or a story, an anecdote about well, serving with him?
4: Well, I, I just shared one which showed how, how, how wide awake he was. Um, you know, he was, he was jolly and he was popping his jelly beans, but the fact is he, he knew what was going on. Um, he, he really understood the process. He, as I say, he'd run California, so he knew how to run a big operation. He knew what his goals were. Um, he, uh, he, my, my sense is he won two wars. He won an economic war and he won the Cold War. Some people were disappointed that he hadn't abolished the Department of Education, and I was basically put there to write the bill um, that would uh, dismantle the Department of Education, put it back somewhere where it belonged. I did write the bill. He didn't get it passed, and some people thought he should have pushed harder on that. My sense was – that he won two wars, guys, and let's not try to um, uh, say he should have won a third. I think if he tried to take on the education lobby and establishment in order to get rid of the Department of Education, he might not have won one of the other two wars, (laughs) the economic war or the Cold War that he did win. So I think you you have to choose your battles and know that even in eight years and even when you're president of the United States – uh, you you can't do everything. You have to choose, and I thought he was very wise to choose economics and obviously the Cold War and not deal with education. Because in the end, if he'd stuffed education back into HEW where it came from, it still would have been the same bureaucrats yeah. and the same outside interests um, lobbying to get their to get their favorite programs enacted. So I don't think it would would have made. And it was nearly—I would not have made it. And it was nearly as much difference as winning the Cold War and winning the economic war did. So I thought that was—I thought that was—you uh, know—again, he he chose well as to as to uh, how to how to be an executive, which is what he, what he was. He was a great executive.
2: You uh, you've got a new book out. It's called Everyday Epiphanies. It's uh, on Amazon. It's available on Amazon now. Can you tell us a
4: little bit about it? It's a collection of. Uh, writings over several years, actually from 2019, um, but m- more recent ones than than old ones. And it's just a collection of columns. I've got another collection coming out uh, this fall. And uh, it's interesting to read, partly for history, partly just to see how much or how little um, the public policy debate changes. Um, it's a, a lot of it is, is just the same. Which indicates perhaps that we haven't learned anything, which is a depressing thought. But um, I think they make good reading, and some of them are quite funny, and at least my friends and family enjoy them, and I think anybody else would too.
2: (laughs) Well, maybe, you know, they say, uh, as much as things may change, sometimes they stay the same. Yeah. Um, Daniel, I appreciate you again for joining us this evening. Again, the book is called Everyday Epiphanies, it's available on Amazon. Thank you again for for joining us this evening and sharing your insights. Carry on the fight, my friend. My pleasure. We'll be taking your calls at 745. Coming up after the break, we'll begin our 2022 candidate profiles featuring Jamie Bluebaugh, who's running in the Republican primary for District 101, the seat currently held by Representative Joe Seiwert. You're listening to The John Whitmer Show on 98.7 and 1330 KNSS, Wichita's number one talk.
4: Hi, I'm Jim Bowers with Bowers Plumbing. Heavy rains are here again. Are you prepared? How long has it been since you checked your sub pump to make sure it's working properly? How old is it? If your sump pump fails or you lose power, are you protected? Let Bowers Plumbing, which taught trusted plumbers since 1955, give you some peace of mind. We have battery-operated and water-powered emergency backup sump pumps. Call Bowers Plumbing today at 263-1011. That's 263-1011.
0: Here's the deal. I've had constipation with belly pain, discomfort, and bloating for years. I've tried a lot of laxatives and fiber supplements, but my symptoms keep coming back.
1: You could have a chronic condition called irritable bowel syndrome with constipation or IBSC. Linzess or linacletide is a prescription medicine that treats IBSC in adults. Linzess works differently than laxatives. It lets you have more frequent and complete bowel movements and helps relieve overall abdominal symptoms, belly pain, discomfort, and bloating. These symptoms were studied in combination, not individually. Do not give Linzess to children less than two years old. It may harm them. Do not take Linzess if you have a bowel blockage. Get immediate help if you develop unusual or severe stomach pain, especially with bloody or black stools. The most common side effect is diarrhea, sometimes severe. If it's severe, stop taking Linzess and call your doctor right away. Other side effects include gas. stomach area pain, and swelling. There could be more to your story with IBSC. Talk to a doctor today. Say yes to Linzess. Learn more at linzess.com or call 1-800-LINZESS. Sponsored by Abby and Ironwood Pharmaceuticals. After a dry afternoon, the pattern looks increasingly wet the next few days. A slight chance of showers and thunderstorms after midnight, increasing clouds at 51. Showers look likely for Monday. Even a rubble of thunder, 62, heavy rainfall, a possibility Monday night. I'm KNSS Meteorologist
2: Rodney Price.
3: COVID is not over, according to White House Response Coordinator Dr. Ashish Jha, speaking on ABC's This Week with Martha Raddatz. We have a lot of infections out there. It's still quite disruptive. And 300 people a a day are still dying. Congress now looking for more money in anticipation of a fall surge hypoallergenic infant formula for more than a half million baby bottles arrived from Europe in Indianapolis, and more is on the way.
0: As a result of the United States military's involvement, we're going to get this here in a matter of days.
3: U.S. Secretary of Agriculture Tom Vilsack Gas prices are up 33 cents in the past two weeks and $1.60 since this time last year. Diesel up 9 cents. The average price for regular now approaching $5 a gallon. We may be seeing a similar price hikes later this summer. Industry analyst Trilby Lundberg, America's Listening to Fox News. Hi, this is
2: John Whitmer, host of The John Whitmer Show. Join us this Sunday evening at 7 when we'll talk about the importance of voting yes on the value Them both amendment with former Trump, White House Director of Strategic Communications, Mercedes Schlapp, former Reagan White House official Daniel Oliver will join us to reflect on his time serving with the 40th president and contrast that administration with what we're seeing today. Attorney General Derek Schmidt will be with us to explain this week's Kansas Supreme Court ruling on the congressional redistricting maps and how the decision may impact the November election. And with the filing deadline looming, we'll begin our 2022 candidate profiles by featuring Jamie Blueball, who's running in the Republican primary for the District 101 House seat, currently held by Representative Joe Seiwert. And, of course, we'll be taking your calls. That's all coming up this Sunday evening at 7 on 98.7 and 1330 KNSS, Wichita's number one talk.
0: Live Sunday nights. This is the John Whitmer Show on ninety-eight seven and thirteen thirty KNSS.
2: Welcome back to the John Whitmer Show on ninety-eight seven and thirteen thirty KNSS, Wichita's number one talk. I want to remind you. You can always listen to us by downloading the Odyssey app or telling your smart speaker to play KNSS Radio. You'll find podcast links to all our previous episodes there. And make sure you like and follow the John Whitmer Show Facebook page and True Social pages. And follow me on Twitter at John R. Whitmer to get all the latest updates on the show. Well, every election cycle, we try and bring you as many candidates running for local, state, and federal office as we can So you have the opportunity to hear from them firsthand. I endeavor to invite every candidate registered on the ballot to appear on the show. Most accept our invitation. Some, like, oh, I don't know, Mayor Whipple, for example, are afraid to, but we invite them nonetheless. So each week between now and Election Day, I'm going to try and bring you a candidate or two. If there's someone in particular you'd like to hear from, please let me know and we'll invite them on the show all that being said, joining us now is Jamie Bluebaugh, who's running in the Republican primary for the District 101 Kansas House seat, currently held by Representative Joe Sywert. Mr. Bluebaugh is a realtor with Nickel and & Associates and formerly served as the mayor of Goddard. Jamie, thank you for joining us this evening.
1: Hey, how are you doing? Thank you for coming. Thanks for having me.
2: No, it's my pleasure, my friend. It's it's good to have you, uh, have you on the show. Let, let me start here. Um, you know, why Why did you decide to run for office? It's usually the, the simple question, that's the easy underhanded pitch.
1: Well, I think I'm qualified um, for the position. Um, I'm a very active community member in Goddard. Um, I feel that I can serve the area. I, am, you know, no ill will about anybody else running. I just feel like now's the time to... Put my name in the hat. I've got enough experience being the mayor, councilman, and on the school board. I think um, I've served on the those, and I think it's time to take that experience to the state
2: house. I uh, I served with uh, with Joe Seiwert. He he seems to be serving the district well. Has he has he done something? Do you disagree with his voting record in some way, or you just think it's time for change?
1: Well, I think we can blame the Kansas. Uh, Supreme Court for this because, you know, it put Joe in really my district, you know, because redistricting. Yeah, when they redistrict, I felt like, you know, um, putting somebody in Reno County, and he does a very good job representing that, but I think we need somebody that's more in the Goddard community, and most of the voters in the 101 are in the Goddard community. Um, the the biggest demographics are you know ages thirty to sixty five, and I think I represent that very well with with a family man being from Goddard.
2: Did his district change? Did that district change a whole lot with the
1: major? Redistricting? Yeah, okay. it's, it was like you know several thousand voters in in Sedgwick County and like five hundred in Reno
4: County. Gotcha, something like that.
2: On your uh, on your Facebook page, when you announced, you said you'd be taking uh, quote no political contributions and no PAC money. Having done this myself and then having worked on multiple campaigns, I know what it costs. An average house raise costs anywhere from ten twenty grand. $20,000. Right. Uh, are you planning to self-fund? Are you planning not to raise money? Are you just going to you know, wing in a prayer? I mean, what are your thoughts if you're not going to take donations? Well, I guess the
1: first thing I'm going to do is count on the educated voters in District 101. I think um, they got to hear from you right. and educate well, them. And I think with the, the free press out there, with your listeners, um, with social media and all the voters guides out there, and I plan on putting all my information out there where people can make an educated decision. I think if people are going to the ballot box and haven't you know, done the sample ballot and, and looked up who they're running for, they're, just, they're uneducated voters, and I feel like the people in District 101 are educated voters, and I think I've got a strong enough name, and I've been very involved in the Goddard community where people know me.
2: Um, in that same post, you attacked what you described as excessive mailings, yard signs, a waste of paper and resources. Are, are you not going to do signs and mailings? Um, trust me, I, I, I get it because I get those mailings too. Right. But again, it takes on average, and I, I, I've worked in multiple, I mean, dozens of campaigns, it takes on average seven touches. Each mailing is a touch. Are you not going to touch the voters to try and get? Them? I mean, that's how you get the right. vote. Well, I appreciate. I appreciate you
1: understand the seven touch campaign because that's the same thing we did in real estate. So yeah, there you go. I, I mean, so you I, get it. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. But again, I'm not trying to market or sell anything. I'm just trying what? to tell people. You know, this is me running. Um, I I feel again like they're gonna they're gonna know um, to research myself. And I, I just what was what did you say there? Uh, oh, on the green. You know, I just.
2: Well, yeah, everybody is tired
1: of all the mail,
2: you know. Yeah. And
1: I want all of your listeners today to go out and say, hey, this guy's running. He's not going to bombard you with stuff. He's not going to take a bunch of people's money and, and waste stuff. So you're hoping more
2: for organic. Absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. That makes sense. Um. So I do have to ask, back in 2020, you stepped down as mayor of Goddard after you were charged with counterfeiting fake Zubilee tickets. I think a number of us probably remember this story. Now you sound like the Wichita Eagle. <laughs> I actually <laughs> resigned before I got okay, charged. Okay, you resigned. Thank you. I'm glad you clarified yes. that. Boy, I've been compared <laughs> to many things, but the Wichita Eagles is now one of them. Uh, I know you entered into a diversion agreement with prosecutors in that case. Walk us through. I mean, what do you want to say about – because people, when they hear your name, right. they're probably going to think, hey, I wait a minute, it, yeah. especially Goddard voters are going right. to think, wait a minute, isn't that the guy that had the Jubilee ticket thing? Right. What do you want to say well, to voters about that?
1: I would say that, you know, Sedgwick County called us in early in 2020 in um, in uh, January And they did an eight-month investigation to to look into this. And I really feel like, you know, Sedgwick County and their resources and the district attorney could be focusing more on, you know, things like the juvenile detention facility and other things. And actually, the district attorney, Mark Bennett, actually made me an accomplishment of him to take down the mayor of Goddard. And I think that's where politics go wrong when we're trying to focus on so much time taking people down and canceling culture. You know, yeah – um, we made copies of Jubilee tickets and gave them to people that couldn't afford them. But, you know, we made a mistake. I've gone to confession. I've I've t- paid the consequences. I've done the diversion. And, we, you know, I had to do some community service, which I do community service all the time, and I just had to document it. So there's really no difference. And I hope that my, the listeners out there, people can forgive me. I think we should forgive everybody in, in this today's society.
2: So you're not denying it. I mean, it, not at all. So, you know, if you're, you're door knocking and you've got a, a – we, my wife and I live in Goddard, so you're – you know, or just on the border of it right. between Wichita and Goddard. If you're door knocking, you get to talking with folks who live in the 101st mm-hmm. and they start questioning, you know, we want to vote for someone who tried to, for lack of a better term, defraud I, a right, charity. Absolutely. I mean, you would say, I did it, but I've learned from it, is right. basically the. And, and you
1: know, it, it is a technicality. It was actually counterfeiting the guy's logo, is how they got me. So it had nothing to do with the free Jubilee tickets. So, I mean, that was just interesting. But, you know, I would tell people, you know, if you're going to judge me on that one, it was a mistake. Um, I would like you to judge me on the accomplishments I've done for Goddard. You know, we've done five developments out there. We've tried to get a North Park. We've worked with Tanganyika um, exclusively to, you know, we swapped some land. And he wanted some land. And I said, well, if you want land, let's, um, let's uh, do a swap and get something that can benefit the community. So I really just want to always look out for the community and what can benefit them.
2: We'll uh, we'll take a quick break, and then we'll come back talking talk about the policy issues. Sound good? All right. Sound good. Fantastic. You're listening to The John Whitmer Show. We'll be back right after this.
0: Some Kansas
2: may wonder, why does law enforcement even care if I wear a seatbelt? We asked Trooper Derek. i a vehicle, every day is in the state. I can't think of a single crash that I've been to where somebody was ejected and lived. They keep you in the vehicle. Seatbelts do save lives.
3: He's right. Seatbelts save nearly 15,000 lives every year. Click it, Kansas, and tell us, who do you make it home for? A message from KDOT and your Kansas law enforcement community.
0: D.H. Pace in Wichita is hiring garage door technicians and installers now. The right candidates get on-the-job paid training. You'll also get a sign-on bonus of $1,000. Above market compensation package, including health, dental, vision, and retirement fund. You must have a valid driver's license with a clean driving record and pass a drug screen and background check. Join our field team as a garage door technician or installer at DH Pace Wichita. Call us now at 316-944-door.
3: Ford Motor Company's President's Award is presented to four dealerships for achieving the highest level of customer sales and service satisfaction. For the best sales and service experience, shop Wichita's only President's Award-winning dealership for two years running. Rusty Eckford. Visit RustyEckFord.com.
4: Put a frog in boiling water and it'll jump right out. But put a frog in cool water and slowly heat it up, that frog will boil. As veterans, we tell ourselves the lie that we can handle anything. We let the water boil. You are not a frog if you or a veteran you know needs support don't wait reach out find resources at va.gov slash reach that's va.gov slash reach brought to you by the united states department of veterans affairs and the ad council your phone
0: call is welcome at 869-1330 this is the john whitmer show on 987 and thirteen thirty knss
2: Welcome back to the John Whitmer Show on ninety eight seven and thirteen thirty KNSS, Wichita's number one talk. With us still is Jamie Bluebaugh, candidate for House District one hundred and one. Uh, Jamie, let's uh, let's cover a, a few basic party platform issues. We tend to do this with all of our candidates who come on. You're a registered Republican. Where do you stand on on you know the party platform and our basic fundamental party platform issues like? Second Amendment rights, the right to life, things like that. Well,
1: I tell you, um, I'm a long-life Catholic. I'm from Danville, Kansas, a little Catholic church there, and always went to church, and I am definitely anti-abortion. Um, my wife actually had a teenage pregnancy, and I adopted my daughter when after we were married, and, you know, we fully support that.
2: Uh, I take it then you also support the Value of the Both Amendment, which will be on the August ballot. Same ballot you're on. Absolutely. Um, Note yes. Th- that's a that's a key, and I know, there's a, I know your district fairly well because it's, Part of it borders up against my old House district and pretty solidly conservative, a lot of pro life voters out there. So
1: it's one mission that I'd like to take my family to the March of Life in
2: Washington someday. That's a a nice, you know, there's a nice vacation right there. Um, Having served in the legislature and and seen seen this pattern firsthand, uh, I believe it's only a matter of time before K 12 education starts again that the you know the establishment their allies the KNEA et cetera, start the whole ball and you know the whole game again suing taxpayers for more taxpayer money with taxpayer money where do you think we are where do you feel schools are are they adequately funded do you think they need more money how how do you feel schools are funded because i know that's a big issue they're already getting a huge chunk of the pie
1: yeah well i would just ask when your child asks for more money do you give them more money to solve the problem <laughs> so, I mean, that you know, money is not going to solve the problem. I think it does start with the family at home, and I think um, the schools could help with that more. But I, I think we need to be more concerned what we're teaching our kids. And as a state legislator, we don't have a lot of choice with that, but I feel like we need to work with the, the state school board more. And I, I do believe that, you know, we do need to focus a lot more time on school funding, as it is 58% of the budget.
2: Did you uh, did you follow any of the legislation that came up this session? We had two specifically education-wise you had the parents' bill of rights and then the protection for women and girls' sports. What are your thoughts on those two pieces? Oh, I absolutely support it. I think the parents need to know what the children are being taught because there's so many
1: outside groups. And, you know, schools sign up for so many subscriptions and platforms, and we don't know what they're doing. And I think the parents do have a right to know exactly what they're being taught with their kids and i do believe that um girls should be able to support and s- s- compete in their own girl sports.
2: Yeah, that one was a real head scratcher for yeah. me. I and and i understand that we're trying to be inclusive and trying to have an environment where everybody who wants to play sports can. Right. But at the same time you know, it, it's not a competitive – you need a fair playing surface, yeah. basically. Well, I, playing, I do play believe in
1: science, and I do believe that yeah. you're born a man, and you're, born a, you're you born a woman. So, Novel concept. You know, I don't really – you know, what you choose to do is something, and if you choose a, choose a different lifestyle, whether it's sexuality or transgender, I think that's an adult decision.
2: Since we're talking school districts, one of the issues that just came up not too long ago is in the Renwick School District, which is out kind of your neck of the woods there right. – uh part of it was actually in my house district i think the other part of the renwick district is in district 101 mm-hmm. uh but you had the student the girl senior just was a junior now she's going to be a senior who was registered at the renwick school district wanted to play soccer renwick didn't offer soccer so she wanted to then transfer to wichita public schools where she could play soccer hopefully get a scholarship go to college great soccer kid what's i see no problem here Renwick would not allow her to transfer, but they wouldn't explain why. Well, I can tell you why they didn't want to right. give up that state. Exactly, aid. they didn't want to give up the sixteen grant. That's right. what, and that's why they wouldn't explain why is because they didn't want to have to admit it's all about the Benjamins. Right. What are your thoughts on that? I mean, do you see any problem with the you know allowing students to transfer between districts as long as the out as long as the incoming district'll welcome them. Is there any problem with I mean it I seems not see so a problem with
1: that a all, especially if they're offering something that she can't. And little bit of a little a second. Are we thinking about the school district's more money or the advancement of this child? Because it doesn't sound like they're really providing the proper
2: education Exactly for that, child. that that seemed like that's that's so – what what should matter right. is what's in the best of of the kid, not the school district's bottom line. Oh, yeah, I agree. I mean, you know, my mom was pretty smart in schools, and –
1: you know, she knew that, you know, I needed to go to work and make money and I didn't need to spend all day in school. So she talked him out and let me out at one. And she told him, well, I know if he stays till one, you get your full money. So let's go ahead and let him out and go to work.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you, I'm sure you were real popular. <laughs> um, let's talk another issue that resonated. I know had some folks out in you know, the rural parts particularly look at hemp because of the industrial hemp options. What do you think on legalizing marijuana, recreational, medical? What are your thoughts on that? I mean, I support it if it comes up. I mean, which? I, recreational? I, I, su- I, su- I support recreation or
1: medical. Oh! oh.
2: But
1: th- that's got to come to the vote, and you've got to get all of you guys to agree on that Well, well You
2: want to be one of them. So, well, I mean, so if you had an opportunity to vote on recreational marijuana, you'd be up for that.
1: Well, I mean, you guys must be blind when you read the cake news, when they put all the surveys out. The voters in Kansas are telling you they want it. Well, nobody's
2: listening. depends on who they're asking well, and how I mean, they're asking. But
1: just look at the statistics, though. The numbers say they want it. So it that's why I say I support it, because I'm listening to the people.
2: Okay, I'll give you that. I I mean I'm not used to I'm not used to having Republican candidates on this show willing to say they support recreational marijuana. Well the reason
1: is because there's a lot of um criminal you're looking for. Well, there's
2: a lot of criminal drug activity going
1: on and people are shooting each other over hundred and fifty dollar drug deals and kids are dying from fentanyl. I I I, I'm with you on all that. That's where I agree it needs to be regulated and we need to recognize it. But also, federally, I really think they should Decriminalize it first because you know it's an oxymoron right now, right? It is. Because sure. now, if the feds want to crush you, they can. So, I think in Colorado, whatever
2: goes on, I don't know, but <laughs> I feel like it's still going backwards. It's a rocky mountain yeah. high over there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, let's talk a little bit about stuff that has happened in the past. The legislature's tried to deal with it over the last two years, was mask mandates. Uh, tell me a little bit about your thoughts on how the county, the governor handled the lockdowns. Yeah, hopefully, we're not going to have to face this again, but I'm just curious what you thought, how the governor, how the county handled their mask.
1: Well, when it comes to masks, I will say my body, my choice, right? So (laughs) I will say that. I mean, there's a a, a certain um, setting for masks, like in a healthcare, you know, where people are um, immune compromised, but I feel like, you know, it's a far overreach. But I also think in 2010 it was a far overreach when the state passed something that you could pull over somebody for not wearing their seatbelt. But, you know, they got federal money for it, so that's why they voted for it.
2: I ask this question of all candidates because I believe it's essential that we elect solid, you know, conservative Republicans this fall. Will you support the Republican nominee? In this case, it would be Joe Sy. Will you support Joe if you don't win in the primary? Oh, absolutely. I ran against Joe in 2010.
1: I'm running again 12 years later with a lot more experience Um, I have nothing negative to say against Joe, and I'm not going to slam Joe. I think he does a good job representing his district, but I think we need somebody that's
2: more in our district. And will you support the Republican nominees up and down the ballot? Because, you know, there have been folks, I think one of the reasons we have Governor Kelly, well, I know the reason we have Laura Kelly is because some Republicans wouldn't vote for Secretary Kobach. And that's part of our problem. The reason we have Joe Biden is because Republicans wouldn't vote for Donald Trump. So we support the Republicans on the ballot regardless? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, You know, those are the things that I think are matter. I mean, the Democrats do a great job of supporting their own, and we sometimes have that flaw. So, um, Jamie, if folks are interested, I looked. I couldn't find a website for you. Do they find you on Facebook? What's the best well, way? Well, I've got to get
1: my page gone. My son, actually, I need him to get, get on there. So I will get a Facebook page and a website up going. It'll be just jamieblueball.com. And, if, so and for I'll now, my, if they're interested,
2: they can find you on Facebook, yep. right? And,
1: uh, and when I find, yeah, they can find me on Facebook. I've got my phone number, my email out there. People are welcome to call me. And if they want to visit with me anytime, just let me know.
2: Well, brother, I appreciate you uh, again for joining us. Like I said, if, if they're interested, they can find you on Facebook. It's J-A-M-E-Y. That's right. Thank Blue you. Blueball on Facebook and uh, wish you the best of luck. You know, it's not an easy race. Uh, we'll have Joe on. I'll wish him the best of luck, too, just for the record. Absolutely. So. But uh, good luck, my friend. And uh, you know, if, we, if you win, we'll have you on again. Okay, sounds good. Thanks a lot, John. Thanks, brother. We'll take a quick break. When we come back, we've got a, uh, a really neat guest coming up. Our, our Attorney General, Derek Schmidt, will be joining us to kick off our 8 o'clock hour. And we'll also be joined by Mercedes Schlapp, who will be with us coming up all that. In the 8 o'clock hour, we're going to talk to Derek Schmidt about the Kansas Constitution and about the ruling from the Kansas Supreme Court. And we'll talk to Mercedes Schlapp about the importance of voting yes on the value of both amendments. A couple of great guests all coming up after the top of the hour. You're listening to The John Whitmer Show on 98.7 and 1330 KNSS, Wichita's number one talk. We'll be back right after this.